It may look like an ordinary podcast, but this one's bigger on the inside, and it can travel anywhere in time and space. your sonic screwdrivers and your jelly babies grab your hats scarves and tighten your bow ties you're the companion now so get ready to run with your hosts jason hunt and paul gann this is talking time lords Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another fantastic episode of Talking Time Lords. This is episode number 85, Series 11 Pre-Show. I'm, as always, one of your hosts, Jason Hunt, and with me, my podcasting companion through time and space, we have Paul Gann. Okay, 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 I just have to say it. Say what? We, we've been spending too much time with the doctor. We, we have? Yes. Why? Because we let him rub off on us. Oh? In what way? Because the doctor lies. So you're saying we're lying? Well, we, we, we lied about what our episode was going to be about this time. Yeah, well, we also lied in the sense that we thought we were going to be back in like a couple of weeks. <laughs> and it turned out to be like <laughs> three months. <laughs> well, let's see. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't entirely my fault. No, no, it was not entirely intentional, folks. We uh, we had a couple of life things happening. Hey, since the show was on hiatus until Series 11 starts, we kind of just took advantage of it for a little bit. You know, new jobs, new houses, new this, new that, just everything, and all the, you know, whatever. Hey, but now new studio. Right. <laughs> Paul's got a new studio. Paul's got stable internet, which is fantastic. <laughs> And I don't have to worry about being kicked out of my house every six months. So mm, Yes, that is also good. <laughs> All right. Enough about us. <laughs> Hi, folks. We are back, and we, we, we plan to be back on the regular, especially since we are now gearing up for Series 11 of Doctor Who. <laughs> this is exciting, Paul. It's a little bit. Uh, yeah. So a while back when we first got the announcement of the doctor and the first promotional images we did sort of do a quick episode about all of that well we've got some more information about series 11 we've got two trailers plus some teasers for the season so we figure we'll do one of our patented not patented because everybody does these <laughs> but our talking time lords series preview show here as we gear up for series 11 of Doctor Who. First of all, Paul, before we start getting into details, uh, how excited are you? On, on, on a scale of Hartnell to Tenet, <laughs> yes, one to ten, for those of you who need help with that, Hartnell to Tenet, how excited are you for Doctor Who to be back on TV? Well, honestly, all the nervousness aside that I've seen online, I'm actually uh, a Matt Smith. Oh, ooh. He's turned it all the way up to 11, folks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but no, uh, I really want to see which direction they're going to take this, mostly because uh, we're getting the new showrunner. Okay. 
I am less nervous about the casting of the characters than I am the vision of the new showrunner, to be perfectly honest about it. Um, okay. Because I, every time that we start a new showrunner, they're going to take the show in a completely different direction. Right. And so I'm, I'm, I'm tentatively excited and nervous at the same time, you know, because you, you want it to feel like a natural progression of what we had before, but at the same time you want it to stay fresh and new. And, you know, as long as it's not a, such a huge departure that it feels like a completely different show, I think we'll be okay. Yeah, no, I, I totally get that. So well, let's real quick talk about the new showrunner. The new showrunner, obviously, is Chris Chibnall, who has come on now since uh, Stephen Moffat has uh, decided to leave the show. And in a similar fashion to how things were kind of shaken up when Stephen Moffat came on board, it appears that we're getting a similar kind of shakeup with Chibnall. Right. You know, we've got brand new doctor, brand new set of writers, totally different look and, and, and feel to the show. We went from a very gritty uh, kind of look with Davies to a much more kind of slick cinematic look right. uh, with, with Stephen Moffat. And it appears that we're getting an even more epic cinematic scope uh, with sort of like a almost like a, a stylistic approach with uh, Chris Chibnall. Yeah, it almost looks like it's been filmed on actual 35 millimeter film in some of the shots that I've seen. It's almost like watching uh, like a new Star Wars movie or something. Some of the, the tones that you've seen in some of the scenes. Yeah, it's definitely supposed to be very, very cinematic. And, they, and I think I've seen them say that it's supposed to be the most cinematic series of the show so far. Doctor Who will be back on television on October 7th, 2018. Check your local listings for what time, because <laughs> right. they have not announced that yet uh, as of the time of this recording. It's extremely ironic to me that we've got a, a show that is about time travel, and they haven't told you what time it's going to air. Yeah. Yeah. It's a little ironic. Just just a bit. But uh, as of the time of this recording, we are just over two weeks from the premiere of Series 11, which is exciting. I, uh, I've, I didn't realize how much I missed seeing new Doctor Who until all of a sudden it's, it's about ready to air. And I'm like, ooh, Doctor Who is coming back. <laughs> I'm excited. So um, we'll talk a little bit more in depth as to why I'm excited later. One one quick thing that I do want to bring up, Paul, mm -hmm. um, since we are on the topic of Chris Chibnall. Yes. And there was this article that you sent me uh, from Digital Spy. <laughs> yes. Where he says that casting a female doctor was a condition of Chris Chibnall taking on the showrunner role. Right. So for his view of the show... Right. Um, having a, a uh, female uh, actor play the doctor was always in his vision. Right. So what are your thoughts on that? Well, um, okay. I want to say, okay, it's just a, it's an artistic choice, that kind of thing. One side of my brain says that. The other side of my brain says he's had an agenda from the beginning. And I don't like saying that because I don't like 
having a political view about an entertainment show. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Um, I like for the show to just be what it is. What I'm hoping is that this was just something that was an artistic choice for him, something that he just felt like it was time that it happened. Mm -hmm. And I'm hoping the show will reflect that. And for me personally, uh, I'm going into this with absolutely no expectations whatsoever because I want to see what they're bringing to the table. Right. And regardless of, of what other people, because let's be honest, there's some trolls out there online. Yes. <laughs> uh, regardless of what other people want to say or, or whatever about this stuff, I personally think that even though they're making some drastic changes in what we've had over the last 50 some odd years, I think they still want to try to hold on to the fan base that's been there that entire time. Mm -hmm. So I don't, I don't think they want to do anything to actually alienate those people. Right. And um, I, I do find it interesting that this was something that was always going to be a stipulation for Chris Chibnall, that this right. was a condition of him coming on and doing the showrunner job. You might be right in the fact that he might have an agenda with it, which, you know, agenda kind of in this kind of context, saying he has an agenda can have a very negative connotation. Right. But in reality, it's not necessarily going to be executed that way. You know, it's one of those things where obviously we've never had a female doctor before. And so there's all sorts of like, what the heck is going on? Right. But as soon as we <laughs> had the whole thing with the Time Lords regenerating into different genders in the new series and we got Missy as the latest incarnation of the Master. Right. We were being prepared for this. We were being prepared for a female doctor. And I think if you had done it earlier, it would have been really, really rough on the, the audience. And while it's definitely not gentle on them this time, <laughs> I think this is probably a more appropriate time to have this kind of change. Right. But honestly, from what it looks like, uh, you know, just from what we've been getting from trailers, the gender change of the doctor might be the easiest change to deal with. <laughs> so... <laughs> well, I mean, talking about changes, the last episode left us in a position to think that we were going to start this series out with the same scenario that we had the third doctor start out with. Right. Uh, being stuck on Earth. So that's a change in itself. There's no telling how many episodes could possibly go by before they rectify that. But we'll find out sooner than later. No, when I say agenda, though, I'm, I'm, I'm not necessarily meaning that in a negative connotation. Right. You know, um, uh, I'm, I'm just simply saying that there are going to be some that will take that in a negative connotation. Right. And I've been seeing some of that. But I will say that uh, one of the, the changes that I think I've seen people having a little bit more of an upset issue with is the fact that he has publicly stated there will be no classic villains at all in this upcoming series of any kind. <laughs> well, I mean, I can see why that would make people angry. Yeah. However, um, I'm trying to think back to Matt Smith's first season. No, no, never mind. We got everybody with the Pandorica stuff. No, never mind. I was going to say, I don't know. We, I don't know. Did we get many? Yes, no. We had all the classic villains show up at the end. Never mind. Oh. But there were definitely long stretches in there in both Davies run and Moffat's run where we didn't have classic villains show up and we had a whole bunch of new villains to, to show up and to take on uh, a different kind of a role. You know, we had the 
Weeping Angels. We had The Silence. You know, things like that show up. And I think, especially when you're trying to to put your own mark and and find your own way right. to do Doctor Who with a new showrunner, new cast, new everything. I can I can see the appeal from a creative side to just go with a completely new set of villains as well and right. not have to not have to try and work in the Daleks or the Cybermen or or something like that. Right. I'm sure this doesn't mean that we won't see them in the future. <laughs> because come on, it's Doctor Who. It's about as self-referential as a show can get while still maintaining a level of seriousness. When we posted (laughs) our news uh, on the Facebook page earlier today about that, Joey Ledson responded and he likened that to what we've been seeing in some of the newer Star Wars movies. He's like, I'm tired of there not being any Rodians in the new Star Wars movies, (laughs) you know, and and I I get it. I understand where he's coming from. And I, I kind of feel the same way about that scenario, too. But I think you can kind of get away with that a little bit easier in a television show like this. Yeah. Because there is more overall screen time. Mm-hmm. And and so it's not nearly as noticeable because right. you're telling so many different stories at one time. Right. As opposed to a movie franchise where you're looking at, well, the last three movies, we've not gotten any of these people or any of those people, you know, uh, because it, it is more of an expectation, I think, when you've got it in a more encapsulated storytelling environment. Yeah. And to be fair to Chris Chibnall and company, there's only 10 episodes in this season of Doctor Who. Well, 11 if you count the Christmas special. Mm -hmm. So they've got fewer episodes to work with. Uh, And especially when he says that they're going to be trying to go for a more overall storyline. There's supposed to be a more of a thematic or, or, or overarching plot to this season. From what I gather, or at least that was discussion early on, Uh, if you have a certain group or or villain who's being responsible for a lot of what happens this season, you don't necessarily need to throw in the Daleks and the Cybermen and the Santarans and the Weeping (laughs) Angels and all that along the way. Right. Um, Especially if you you don't want to make this person like more powerful than all of these other races. Well, I mean, I saw somewhere where he actually said that at this point in his uh, in his run on the show, he's of the mindset that he's not ever going to bring the Weeping Angels back at all. Yeah. So we'll see how that goes, because, you know, somebody's mind can change a lot in a year. Right. And of course, you know, there was the old adage that, you know, Moffat lies. We'll have to see if that holds true for Chibnall. Right. Um, He could be telling us all of this. But the question is, is he actually telling us the truth? Right. We'll, we'll have to wait and see. <laughs> Spoilers. <laughs> Spoilers. Okay, you did that way too well. Uh, uh, yeah. Well, you know. Um, <laughs> I'm channeling River here, folks. Um, anyway. Oh, he said we'd never see her again, too. Right. Well, it, River is Stephen Moffat's character, Stephen Moffat's right. baby. And he kind of finished her story, right. in a sense. You know, at least the overarching story for her so uh, you know i i can see why she wouldn't necessarily come back well that was my expectation anyway with her right all right well let's jump back and refresh our little brains as to who's in this thing obviously we got jodie whittaker starring as the doctor um she will be having three companions this season we are going to be having bradley walsh playing the role of graham Tazen Cole will be Ryan, 
and Mandeep Gill will be Yasmin. Um, and apparently, according to this uh, article on Radio Times, uh, Sharon D. Clark um, is supposed to be joining the, the show as a returning role. So she'll be showing up in a couple of episodes, according mm. to this. So um, that doesn't mean she's the new Missy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> but um, be cool if she was Romana, though. <laughs> just saying <laughs> I, don't, I don't think we're going to get Romana back um, <laughs> at least not this season now oh. um, I do have uh, another article here from Digital Spy uh, which tells us that series 11 is, is really going to have an ensemble feel uh, so we're going to get sort of a, a, a team TARDIS uh, right. scenario here rather than the Doctor and <laughs> friends the Doctor and, and those people or, or um, as Missy would say, the doctor and his pets. Right, right. <laughs> um, so uh, it, it, it is supposed to have a very ensemble feel to it. And so it appears from that that we might be getting stories told more from one of the companions' point of view, you know, sometimes, or the doctor's point of view sometimes, or someone who's not part of the crew you know, we've gotten some of those before, but it looks like we might be having one character be more focused on in an episode than, than the next episode. So be honest, the vibe it gives me is the fifth doctor's crew. Yeah. Yeah. Or the first doctor just going by classic who, right? Yeah. So it, it does, it does sort of feel like we've got a, a gang traveling the, the universe here. And, you know, we, we've got, you know, kind of like what we had with the first and the second doctor, you know, where you have, um, you know, a large group of people traveling or the fifth doctor, like you said, and, and we'll get into some of why we think that here in a minute when we start talking about the trailers, but I think this is good. Uh, the characters from what we've seen, uh, in the trailers look pretty strong. You know, it's not a lot that we've gotten from the trailers, but, um, <laughs> I like, I like the feel of what we're getting and I like the idea of, of having, all of these characters be strong in their own right and not necessarily have to be like, Oh, doctor help. Oh, doctor, save me. Oh, doctor. Oh, doctor. <laughs> because we've had those before, um, throughout the many decades of doctor who, um, do you have any other thoughts about the companions quickly or, or the ensemble feel that it looks like we'll be getting? I've not really gotten enough information to be able to make a real, big judgment call on them to be honest with you um mm -hmm. i have seen the the comic-con panel i got a chance to see the entirety of that and they seem like very uh charismatic likable types of course we didn't get to see anything of the graham character you know in that panel because he was uh he was absent but uh right we got to hear a lot of behind the scenes stories about him you know uh, he <laughs> tends to be the Joker, but no, I just, uh, I, I want to see him in action, you know, because let's be honest, we've not really gotten that much I information at all when it no. comes to this series. No, they've been, they've kept things pretty well self-contained, which is a little surprising and refreshing. Right. <laughs> right. Because it makes, it makes the anticipation for what's going to happen right. that much more intense. <laughs> Because, you know, by, by the time Stephen Moffat was, was finishing up, he was like, well, here's the episode summaries yeah. for everything we're going to do this season. 
Well, and, his idea was, well, we're, they're going to find out anyway, so I might as well go ahead and tell them. Right. And I'm, oh, the, the last master storyline that they had in that series hurt. Oh, it hurt so bad. Um, because I, I really wish we had not heard about John Sim coming back. Oh, I know. <laughs> it would have been so good to, to oh. like have been <clears throat> surprised by that. But no. Yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah, John Sim's going to be back as the master. What? Yeah. So I think that I think that Chris is really trying to avoid that kind of stuff. You know, he's trying to not be the spoilery showrunner. Right. Which is kind of what we had with Davies. You know, I remember seeing a lot of surprises when Davies was running the show. And uh, especially like the episode when Davros came back. Oh, yeah. And yeah, that. I was like literally jumping up and down on my couch like Tom Cruise when that oh <laughs> I was like, they did it! Yes! They did it! <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I've embarrassed myself. No, that's that's fine. <laughs> um but but to your point, we haven't gotten a lot of information. We we've gotten a couple of teasers. Apparently there is one big spoiler out there. I've heard other shows have talked about it. I have not listened or looked into any of that. I know our friends over at Bad Wolf Radio apparently found a big spoiler and did an episode talking about it if people wanted to listen to it. But I have not listened to any of their episodes <laughs> since they posted that. So, <laughs> yeah. Speaking of spoilers. Huh. Oh, yes. Uh, do you want to talk about the leaked photo of the TARDIS's interior that came out online. I have not seen that. You haven't? No. Really? So I don't want to talk about <laughs> okay. it. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I have been, to be perfectly honest, um, I have been way out of the, the Doctor Who news loop okay. until, you know, this weekend when I was preparing for the show. Um, <laughs> I, so. I can't say that because I have been constantly looking every single day to see if there's new information. And uh, sometimes I, I still don't catch it until hours after it's come out. I have... Uh, but you have seen the new Sonic, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's okay. in all the, the promotional okay, stuff. So and... if, if you've seen the new Sonic, um, that's all I'm going to say about the new TARDIS interior. So... You just had to go there and give me a hint. <laughs> I'm not going to give my opinion on it because you don't want to spoil it. So No, I don't. I don't want to spoil it. I, I am very much in the River Song camp. Spoilers. So, uh, yeah, no, don't, don't, don't spoil it for me. I will find out when she gets her first exposure to it. But are you, are you ready to, to dive into these trailers real quick? Why not? All right, so uh, we're going to go ahead and skip the teasers. The teasers, one of them had nothing, let's be honest. Absolutely nothing. What did you think about the glass ceiling? I like that, it, you know, all this destruction and everything happened, and then we just came back to her, and she went, whoops. Uh, I'll be, I thought it was funny. I'll be honest with you. That is the only thing in the promotional stuff that I have seen so far that even really called attention to the fact that the doctor is now a woman. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yes. <laughs> and, and I get that it was supposed to be one of those tongue in cheek, you know, humorous, you know, we've broken the glass ceiling things. But I also know that that really did not go over well with some of the fans. <laughs> uh, yeah. I know that that's the case. I, 
tried to just take it at, at face value and, you know, not really look into the the political social commentary of it all. Right. Uh, because that's not what I'm here for with my Doctor Who. I right. want my fun Doctor <laughs> Who with my stories and the Doctor being awesome. I, I, I do know that they are doing it. And it was very tongue in cheek. Right. It was very tongue in cheek. Um, <laughs> let's be honest. She's in like this this giant hall that's right. covered in stained glass windows and a right. glass ceiling and everything. And all of a sudden, everything just cracks and falls to the ground. Right. And it comes back to her, you know, except she's unharmed. And it comes back to her and she just sort of shrugs and goes, whoops. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I, my reaction to that was, really, guys? <laughs> really? <laughs> you couldn't come up with anything more, you know. <laughs> but, hey, it is what it is, right? Uh, I just I wonder if that's going to reflect any of the humor in the actual episodes of the season. Well, on the corny side, to be honest with you, (laughs) I'm okay with corny humor. I'm a big fan of Star Wars. Let's be honest. I'm I'm okay with corny humor. Um, Well, anyway, I I think we're going to see a few more examples of perhaps some corny humor. And as we get into these trailers, so are you ready to watch the first trailer here? Yes. All right. Do you have it up and ready to go? I do. All right. Well, on the count of three, we'll play it and watch together. One, two, three. All of this is new to me. New faces. New worlds. New times. So if I asked really, really nicely, would you be my new best friends? Right. This is going to be fun. This is going to be fun. I hope so. <laughs> I like this trailer. I mean, obviously, you know, there's not a lot in it. We, we get the the opening shot where she's, you know, sitting up, obviously post regeneration after somebody found her and stuck her in like a barn or something or a warehouse, <laughs> and she's, you know, finalizing the regeneration, you know, gasping. <gasps> that was a little too much. <laughs> I wonder if we're going to actually see her hit ground. I think we are. Okay. I'm going to take a quick segue away from the trailer because episode one is titled The Woman Who Fell to Earth. Um, and the brief synopsis that we have on, on IMDb says, In a South Yorkshire city, Ryan Sinclair, Yasmin Khan, and Graham O'Brien are about to have their lives changed forever as a mysterious woman unable to remember her own name falls from the night sky. I think she's going to hit. I think she's going to make a crater. And because she's still in the process of regenerating, she's going to be fine. (laughs) Maybe that's that's, the reason why she can't remember anything. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, She's going to have temporary amnesia because she hit her head on the ground. That's very Seventh (laughs) Doctor-esque. Except there's no Ronnie. (laughs) Right. Right. 
Ooh. I do get a little <laughs> bit of a seventh doctor vibe off of this. <laughs> but uh but yeah, I, I do think I do think we're gonna see her hit, and I do think that's why she's not gonna be able to remember. <laughs> and it's gonna be one of those things where she falls to the ground and everybody goes, Oh my gosh, is she alright? She is she dead? And then she sits up and it's like, Oh my gosh, that hurts so much and she walks off and then falls <laughs> over and they have to, you know, take her somewhere to see if they can get her some help. Oh, that will probably be the most dynamic post regeneration scene that that's ever happened in the show if that happens. Right. <laughs> Real quick, let's talk about the voiceover. She says all of this is new to me. New faces, new worlds, new times. Right. And if I ask really, really nicely, <laughs> will you be my new best friends? What do you think about that voiceover? I think lots of planets have a mill. <laughs> lots of planets have a north yes I want to hear her say that at some point during this series knowing the Doctor Who fandom if she doesn't say it on screen someone will make her say it at a convention I like the accent I like the energy of her voice mm -hmm. so far I've liked the glimpses of what I've seen her do in the role. Yeah. Let's be honest, there's been some leaked footage as well. And, yeah, that's uh, probably what Bad Wolf Radio was talking about, and I did not watch any of that. So Yeah, it's uh, it's it's not something that they wanted to get out. Uh, they were pretty livid when it got leaked. Yeah. Chibnall's a totally different animal when it comes to spoiling <laughs> in the footage of his show. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but any, any further thoughts on, on what she says in this voiceover? I mean, it's, it's pretty... It's pretty straightforward. Standard. I mean, I, I'm intrigued to find out exactly how time travel is going to play out in this series. Because from what I'm understanding, from the, the information that I've gotten, there's going to be a lot of, a lot of this series that takes place on Earth. Mm -hmm. So that... It feels like they're kind of mixing it up a little bit. It feels like they're using the fifth Doctor's team setup with the third Doctor's TARDIS setup, the 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 fourth Doctor's rainbow scarf colors. <laughs> you know, it really feels like that they're taking all of the classic elements and putting them in a blender, and then saying, "Okay, now we're going to turn it into something completely new." Okay. And uh, so that's kind of the vibe that I'm getting off of this. But you, it, you're also from what I'm seeing so far, getting something that feels less fanciful and more real world. Like you got in some of the quarries back in the classic series and stuff, you know, where you've got natural daylight and things. Mm -hmm. it, it doesn't feel as much like it was filmed in a studio with artificial lighting and things like that, if you get my meaning. Okay. But that's that's just what I've seen so far. I don't know. I almost took it a little bit like, you know, even though we're, we're, we're getting what appears to be more, you know, on location type of, of, mm -hmm. of shooting and, and lighting and colors and everything. It still seems to me that, that the color palette that they're using is brighter and, and maybe mm -hmm. slightly more stylized than, than what we've seen in recent years. Without being oversaturated, though. Right, right. So it, it's an interesting color palette, and I like it. Um, but back to, to some of what we see in this trailer, I, I do like the, the voiceover... I like the fact that she, she wants them to be her best friends. <laughs> it, it makes me 
feel like it, it feels like that that idea makes me think that you know she's almost playing a a younger kind of doctor in the sense of of the way that she approaches things mm-hmm. where obviously we've, we've had younger actors like peter davison and matt smith who have their moments and and just feel so totally ancient at times <laughs> i don't necessarily think we're going to get that with with jody at least not a lot i'm getting a bit of an impish vibe off of her like you know, it, along the, the lines of a Troughton or a McCoy. Right. Plus, she's got that great smile at the end of this trailer where she's like, this will be fun. <laughs> and I'm like, yes, it will. I don't know what, what it is that you're talking about, but it's going to be fun because you told me it is. I don't know. I I don't have much more to say about this first trailer. Is there anything else in this trailer that you wanted to highlight? There's something that I didn't mean to overlook. Okay. And that is that you get a shot with a green sky. I know that when we got shots of Gallifrey in series nine, it had a pink sky. Right. And so I think it's interesting that we get to see planets with more than just a blue sky. Uh, yeah. Because that's something that I've always thought was a little bit too earthy in a lot of the sci-fi and stuff that we get is why does every single planet have a blue sky? Because not every single planet is going to have the exact same makeup of oxygen, hydrogen, carbon dioxide, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Yeah. No, I like that. Before we move on to the next one. Well, I think this one is the one that's a little more generic. And I think the next one that's coming up is going to have more of the, uh, the more exciting footage in it. So if you're game with going to the next one, I'm game with going to the next one and we can maybe do some frame by frames and stuff if you want to. (laughs) All right. Let's go to the next one. And this uh, Series 11 trailer 2, and this was actually released just a couple days ago as of the time we're recording this, which is exciting. And most of the comments that I saw on this, people were saying, this is what the trailer should have always been to start with. You know? <laughs> so... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> people, you're, you're, there, there is an art to the way things are marketed. There, there is a... They, they, people, oh, there is a mark, a long-term marketing strategy right. for Series 11, folks. They know what they're doing, usually. <laughs> usually. usually. All right. So um, I've got it all set up here. Um, whenever you're ready, we'll count to three and we'll watch this trailer. You ready? One, two, three. I never refuse. What do we do? Why are you asking her? Because she's in charge, bro. Says who? Says us. Let's get a shift on. I'm just a traveler. Sometimes I see things need fixing. Do what I can. I made it through the All right. 
Series 11, Trailer 2. Dude. Initial <laughs> thoughts, Paul, on this trailer. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Nice. I'm just saying. I mean... <laughs> I like this trailer a lot. This is good. I I will say <laughs> the the weird song choices that like the actual like um, the songs that they played in the trailer and the abrupt transition between the two of them threw me off a little bit. But it right. was I thought I thought the songs were a little weird. But other than that, everything in this trailer has me very excited for this show. <laughs> Let's go ahead and and, and start doing a little bit of a shot by shot. All right, I'm just going to hold on. I'm just going to say this before we get started. Okay. My favorite line I think in this entire trailer is when somebody says she's in charge and the guy says says who? And all the companions say says us. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, I like that too. Oh man, that was great. I was I, like yeah, <laughs> I, oh. I thought that was fantastic. I was like, "Yes, the doctor, <laughs> doctor's got friends that are on her side now, and then this is going to be great." Okay, shot by shot, uh, we open up with this really pretty shot of an asteroid field, which not much there, just asteroids. I think I think they look nice. I like the way that they that, that looks, and then it fades to a shot of. Uh, twin suns rising over a mountain. So uh, we might be going to Tatooine. <laughs> Obligatory Star Wars reference. <laughs> there we go. And then it fades up to a ship sitting on a desert planet and some yeah. people milling around uh, around us. Uh, what do you think of the ship design? The ship vaguely looks, I mean, very, very vaguely looks like the ship from Firefly. <laughs> it looks mm. a bit insectoid. Very vaguely, you know. It, yeah. it looks. It looks as if Slave One and the Serenity had a baby, ah. <laughs> and then somebody punched the face in. <laughs> <laughs> it, it does look a little insectoid, or maybe like an anglerfish, that, that flat face and yeah, <laughs> large body and wings. I like the design. It looks cool. Gets it looks very industrial. Design. Yes. Yeah. It's it's not artistic at all. It's probably some sort of freighter or military vessel. And then we fade out to a shot of uh, dust clearing and the doctor coming up over a rise. Not much. I don't have much to say about that. Do you have anything to no. say about that shot? No. Right. And then we get the awesome shot of her using her sonic screwdriver towards the camera. I just like the fact that we get to see her using the sonic, pulling it out of her, her pocket and... But I think this might be my favorite line in the trailer. It looks like this is from the first episode because she looks like she's still in the remnants of Capaldi's clothes. And she's wearing what looks to be like a, a leather apron. And she's got some, some tools like a hammer and a wrench and stuff. And she says, when people need help, I never refuse. Right. Which I'm like, yes, that, that is, I think that's uh, something that's really going to define Jodie Whittaker's doctor, define the 13th doctor. And I think that's going to be really something that will be uh, referenced back to and hearkened back to a lot throughout this season. Oh, and it makes sense because it's a continuation of last season. Right, right, where, where Capaldi finally came to grips. Well, actually back in, you know, midway through season 
nine when he figured out why he had that face. Right. So yeah, and that's that's something that was very important to him then, and and that's carried over here with uh, with thirteen. So that's nice to see. But I think I think she's going to be maybe even more proactive than even Capaldi was in this. Just a just a feeling I get. I could be wrong. I feel like that might be the most spoilery thing that we get in all of this because the fact that she says that while she's wearing those clothes gives you the impression that she does get her memory back in the first episode. Yes. Um, Whereas they could have drawn that out a little bit longer if they'd wanted to and maybe had her get it back in episode two or whatever. Yeah. Well, I mean, you could have, but I think it makes more sense that you, you do it in episode one, especially since episode one is going to be a longer episode. It'll have a little bit extra time on it than the rest of them this season. Yeah, I'm actually looking forward to that. <laughs> yeah, me too. I feel more cinematic. Even the standard episodes, the, the regular episodes are going to be a little bit longer than they were in previous seasons. Right. Uh, which is cool. So that's awesome. If you think about it, if you're comparing it to like classic series, you're actually fitting maybe three episodes of a classic series storyline into a uh, one episode box in this series. Yeah. Pretty close to it anyway. Right. So you're, we're going to be getting... 50 minutes mm-hmm. of of show per regular episode. And I don't remember if the first episode is 60 or 70 minutes. I forget. But it's going to be a little bit longer. thought so, I saw it was an hour and 15 minutes, but I could be wrong. May, that, maybe it is 75. I can't remember off the top of my head. But, yeah, no, that's exciting to me. Be a little, little more every week. So that'll be good. And then we get the what you were talking about where... It looks like they're in some sort of either medical building or office building. Mm-hmm. And we got uh, Ryan and Graham and Yasmin there with the doctor. And, and Ryan says she's in charge. And someone off screen says, who says? <laughs> and everyone goes, says us. And it's like, and, <laughs> and the look Yasmin has on her face yeah. when she says it. She's like, are you serious? Who in the world do you think you are? You, you idiot. Of course she's in charge. So. <laughs> of course, there's no telling how this is cut together. I mean, that could be come from a completely different shot, but it works in the trailer. Right. You know? <laughs> it works really well. Yeah, I, I like I like that. It, I think it's great. I will uh, say this. I like the next shot with the lasers. Yeah, let's get the shift on, and they start yeah. running down this... Uh, I don't know what you'd call that. It's like a... <laughs> It almost looks like a, a, a an ancient building that's being unearthed, like a like an archaeological dig or something. But it's alien. It looks kind of alien. Right. Um, and they're running down one of the uh, the walkways there, being shot at by yeah elevated somebody. walkway. Yeah, by it, some honestly, it kind of has a Star Wars vibe to it. To be a little bit honest about it. <laughs> it's very cinematic, very cinematic, and that's one of the things they've really been hitting on um, and, this year. And there were some people that were looking at that and saying, oh, Chris Chibnall lied, Chris Chibnall lied. And they were, people were like, what are you talking about? And they were saying, look, look, that scene has Santarans in it. And I'm going, uh, nope. no, that's not Santarans. That's something else. <laughs> no, they are not rotund <laughs> enough to be Santarans. Uh, there's there's an overall basic shape that is similar, but it's not the same. You know, yeah, it's they different. Are, they're a bit, definitely a bit more humanoid shaped. That looks more like a hood to me than a helmet. Or, yeah, or a hood over a helmet. Um, yeah, it, look, it looks like a hood over a helmet. But we'll see what happens. And she's <laughs> sitting there, uh, looks like she's looking out of a cockpit window while the chairs are bouncing and there's a pilot on one side. <laughs> in a quick shot. And then she dodges a laster bolt in some nondescript hallway. 
you know, can't really tell <laughs> anything from. Could be a continuation of when they were getting shot at earlier, some well, another scene from that episode. You got Graham hitting a detonator. Yeah. Which he looks very <laughs> eager to do. A la Chewbacca in Force Awakens. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> and then Yasmin running away, uh, running through explosions, which, you know, could be same sequence, could be totally two different episodes. Who right. knows? <laughs> then we Some... have Jody running through corridors that look like that they could be from a modified version of the Millennium Falcon. <laughs> <laughs> right? They're very futuristic space. They're very Falcon-esque. <laughs> yes. And she's getting shot at. There's explosions and sparks, and she's carrying her Sonic and racing through the hallways. Uh, and then Ryan and Graham open a cupboard and look like they find a dead body inside or something. Or an alien. I don't know. But Ryan is... Not happy <laughs> when he opens the cabinet. And we get a nice shot of, of them standing on a, you know, looking out over a, a vista. A la on what Solo. Appears, yeah, <laughs> on what appears to be uh, an alien planet. I don't think this is on Earth. It might be a beach in the background, so I'm not sure. But they look satisfied with themselves. So that's either at the end of an episode or at the beginning, right when they arrive, before things go horribly wrong. Um, <laughs> it, it, it literally looks like the end of a Star Wars movie. I'm sorry. It, right, it really does. Right. Right. It looks like at any second you're going to have that, that, that camera zoom to the middle, you know, and uh, it's going to go it, to stars. Everything's going <laughs> to iris out to stars. Yes. And you get the credits. <laughs> And she's uh, got goggles in a scene. I think she's forging her sonic screwdriver is what I've heard people's thoughts on. Is she's going to be forging her sonic screwdriver in the first episode. Yeah, because I heard she was supposed to get this one in a different way than she did the rest of them. Mm -hmm. It'll be interesting to see how that works. Yeah. And then they're walking through, based on the fashion that other people are wearing, it looks like uh, they're in the past. You know, maybe... 60s or 50s somewhere they're walking well, down you the can street see, you can see the car in the background and the baby carriage in the background looks very old fashioned yes um, I noticed something by the way huh. she's wearing like a wine colored version of her shirt oh yeah as opposed to the dark blue she is I wonder because I know when, when, when David Tennant played the doctor he had a brown suit that he wore for uh, one uh, occasion in a blue suit that he wore for the other occasion. And I'm pretty sure the brown one was the one that he wore when he traveled to the past. And the blue one, I think, was the one that he wore when he traveled to the future. I forget. I, yeah, I, it, it was I one. That's right. I, can't, I can't remember which way it went off the top of my head. And he he said that was always the way you could tell what uh, time period they were going to be traveling to in, in that particular episode is what color suit he was wearing. Right. You know, because he wore one color for the, the past, one color for the future. And I think the blue one, I think, was his default that he wore if it was in present day or if they just went to an alien planet, you know, mm -hmm. but I'm pretty sure that he said that he wore the Brown one uh, when they went to the past. And I thought that was kind of interesting. I was wondering if maybe they might do something similar with her outfit where she has like the different color shirt based on what they're doing in the episode. You know? It's possible. But then you had Eccleston who had a basically a different color shirt almost every episode. So, right. You know, um, and you know, Capaldi had quite a range of shirts and jackets. <laughs> so, um, and I don't think there was any rhyme or reason to that. <laughs> I, I just thought it would be fun if they did something similar to that, you know, it would with be her cool. outfit. 
you know. it would be cool. I, I would not mind it if they did that. <laughs> um, but, you know, based on other doctors, that's not necessarily going to be the case. But it would be cool if it did happen. Um, I, I'm just saying there's so many different options of what they could be doing. <laughs> but I, I am glad to see that they are mixing up the costume a little bit. All right, so moving forward, uh, then we get them on on a beach for this, you know, abandoned, you know, perhaps archaeological area that we saw earlier where they're getting shot at. She has a quick shot where she is telling somebody she's just a traveler, and she's in the burned up Capaldi outfit, so that's obviously from the first episode. She walks into a room where the companions and some other people are holed up. That looks Uh, like part of the same ship. Yeah, same ship or, or set uh, where she was getting shot at. And, you know, I'm not sure exactly what's going on. It looks a little tense in there, but I'm not sure. Uh, then she's pointing her sonic screwdriver uh, intently at the screen again with uh, Ryan. And that's not Yasmin behind her. That's somebody else. Mm. Not her companion on the behind her on the on dog gun. It. It's not Osgood either. No, not Osgood. Um, Oh, that's a question. Are we going to see any of Unit at all in this season? They've not said. That's kind of of interesting. Yeah, Uh, said one way or the other. That is something uh, I would like to see more of. Yeah. (laughs) You got 13th Doctor and Kate Stewart together. There could be a dynamic duo you wouldn't want to mess with. (laughs) And then we've got some quick shots here. We got Graham turning to the camera. It looks like he's got some sort of implant on his temple there. And I don't know if that's like a communications implant or something happens to him at one point. Um, I'm not sure. Reminds you a little bit of some of the stuff we saw in Matt Smith's run, though, doesn't it? Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> a little bit. This this shot that's coming up is intriguing to me. It's very intriguing to me. The one of her running down the dark alley with the, the light oh, behind her? No, 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 no. The one after that. The one after that. Yeah. We got Yasmin and Ryan leaning in together. No. What after that? <laughs> a little bit further. Keep going. Okay. <laughs> ah, yes. Well, we've got <clears throat> the doctor and some various people. I think Yasmin at, and Ryan are off to the side. At night, bit. in the dark, and there's something f- swirling. Yeah. Some mist or <laughs> tentacles or something. <laughs> swirling around all of yeah. them making their way through and behind the the assembled group here of course i know it won't be because he's already said there will be no no uh villains from the well actually he said there will be no classic villains but he still probably won't be i was hoping it would be the best Narada, but you know no no i don't <laughs> think so cuz cuz they're a bit more invisible could always Evolve them a little bit. You could, but I don't think it's the Bastion Narada. <laughs> it's um, very Venom-like. Yeah. Yeah, it kind um, of whips around them, and it, it's hard to tell if it's solid or ephemeral or what in this shot, because it's a very quick shot. At one point, it looks like fabric, but at another point, it looks like sand. Or smoke. Yeah. You know, it's weird, and it looks like there's something in the, you know, something oblong-ish or, or, or spherical um, at the in the front of these these you know tendrils, um, yeah, but I don't know. It's it's hard to tell. They're very nebulous in this shot. It's kind of creepy. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> you know, which well, is, is always pretty... good. You know, 
<laughs> it is premiering in October, so always good to see creepy in Doctor Who. <laughs> <laughs> At least that's my opinion. <laughs> yeah, and then we have the next shot where we've got Ryan looking under like a table or something, and it looks like one of those things like shoots past his face. That's that's a missing shot from Listen. No. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. <laughs> and, then, oh. um, and then we have a shot where Ryan and Graham are running from something, and it looks to have lots of giant legs. Um, there's, there's a lot of shots here where they're running. A lot of shots. Well, you know, it's what you do in Doctor Who. You run. <laughs> but it, it looks almost like a giant spider or something spider-esque is chasing them. It um, definitely looks like a giant tarantula to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's too bad we're not going to get to see any of the planet of the spiders creatures. <laughs> no. Well, you know, maybe. Maybe. Oh, because um, you know, showrunners lie, right? They could. <laughs> it's happened before. Oh. Um, then we're back on this, this ship or this place uh, with the, the white walls. That we were talking about earlier. That is so Millennium Falcon like. I'm sorry, it is. <laughs> I, I like it. I like the look of it. Um, but especially, yeah, especially the one from the most recent film. Yeah, yeah, from Solo. We've got Yasmin kicking what looks like some sort of bundle that they've tied something up in. She's kicking it away down the hall, which makes me wonder, you know, what sort of creature or explosive that they've tied up and bundled away in it. At first, I almost thought it was a spider's egg based yeah. on the scene that we saw before. Right. right. But it looks like something's all tied up in a, in a sheet or, or a, a jacket or something. And she's getting rid of it. What's so bad that you have to kick it down the hall, that you have to drop kick it down the hall? <laughs> I'm kind of curious about the next shot, though, where the doctor's laying on the ground, reaching up into the sky for some reason. She, it looks like she snaps. Makes me wonder, you know, what's going to appear and drop into her hand. <clears throat> Sonic screwdriver much? <laughs> or, you know, or the TARDIS. TARDIS. <laughs> <laughs> but then they do a nice trailer cut, and as soon as she snaps, we get a, a ship coming out of light speed or something. Yeah. Which, really pretty shot, you know, the way it's, it's shot, you know, with the, the light and everything. Um, I think it looks cool. Although... It has design-wise looks very similar to the ship that we saw land right. that was uh, landing on the ground at the beginning of the trailer. It might right. even be the same ship. And then we get a shot that looks like it came straight out of into the Dalek. Oh, uh, with uh, this bundle of, of you mm-hmm. know wires and something, or yeah. something that crawls away over the top of the Doctor. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, weird. I don't know what to make of that, but it looks like a bundle of wires and parts that has become sentient and is leaving yeah it looks like a metallic ruton <laughs> <laughs> oh man what if we get rutons no i'm kidding although it, it could be ru- remember no classics remember <laughs> it could be rutons because uh there's electrical shock it, it it shoots electricity what if it is a ruton i would love it if we got rutons mm. i would love that would be a lot better than the one we got in the horror fang rock that's for sure <laughs> We still need a special edition of that. I'm sorry. That would be so great if we got a special edition of that. I agree. I agree. <laughs> and then we get this interesting shot. This is this is a shot that has me very 
curious and as me leaning in to find because it, it makes me it, it gives a hint uh, an extra hint at to the characterization of the doctor we're going to be getting in this this series um, she's backing away from something it's in a she's in a white corridor um, and it almost looks like the the shot is whiting out uh, while she's backing away but she backs away apparently distraught over what she's looking at but then she sort of like throws a kiss towards it you know in some sort of farewell like you know and i i, I don't know if it's like a, a a send-off to an ally who died or you know i can't help you or i don't know but she looks very distraught that she has to leave and she's sending well wishes or or a, a, a an apology or something towards whatever it is she's looking at well i'll say this um and i I don't think that it has any connection at all, but just the entryway and stuff that she's backing into or the exit, whatever you want to call it, kind of reminds me of Pyramids of Mars. Yeah, well, it is uh, pyramid-shaped, so um, or, or triangular, the entryway right. is. So, yeah. But it's, I, I don't think there's any connection at all, but I think I visually it. it kind of matches, you know. Yeah, but it, it makes me feel like, you know, that this doctor is not going to be nearly as bottled up with her feelings the way Capaldi was. Um, <laughs> I think she's going to be uh, a lot more expressive when it comes to how she's feeling, um, you know, especially when in the heat of the moment and, and when there's something sorrowful that is experienced. Maybe maybe a little bit more along the lines of Tenet. Yeah, yeah where, where she takes the time to address the sorrow of, of the situation. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> Love it. But it, this this shot intrigues me. Um, so I'm curious right. to see where we're going to see it in this season. And then, of course, we get a nice little title card. It's about time. Yes, it's about time we get new Doctor Who. It's been <laughs> way too long. Uh, coming Sunday, see, October 7th. You know, you've got people online that are that are saying things like, yeah, you just wait until the great exodus of fan base you know, happens and they're going to end up shutting down the show after this series. And I'm like, look, if they shut down the, the show after this series, it won't be because of the fact that they've recast the, the doctor or the fact that they have taken a different direction. No. It'll be because people didn't come back to watch the show because they were away for so long. <laughs> right? you, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Because that's the reason why the ratings of last series started out so low is because there was such a gap right. in how long the show was gone. You People know? Went, oh, wait, <laughs> Doctor Who's back? What? <laughs> I thought it ended. You right? Because <laughs> not everybody's as hardcore fans that's going to keep track of dates and things like that. Right. You know, some people are just casual viewers and they're like, well, there's not been a, an episode in a year and a half. It looks like that show's ended, you know. Yeah. So it is what it is. But, it is what it is. Um, uh, real quick, before we, we, we finish discussion of the trailer, I do want to read the description that we have on IMDb of episode two. Still reeling from their first encounter, can the doctor and her new friends stay alive long enough in a hostile alien environment to solve the mystery of desolation? And just who are Angstrom and Epso? What? This makes me think, you know, the, the mystery of desolation. And it's capitalized like it's a location. Like it's right. the name of a location. This makes me think that the shots that we have of this deserted building on the beach is 
desolation, and that's you know where they're getting shot at and running. And is stuff. that a beach or a desert? I think it's a beach. I think it's a beach because I think I saw water and waves in some of the background shots. Um, you're gonna make me have to go back and look. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's. <laughs> I think that's what we're gonna see. You're right. There's water in the background. I think that's what we're gonna see in the second episode. And since there appears to be quite a few clips from from that episode in this trailer, it makes sense. Uh, you know, we got. I'm sure we have quite a few clips from the first episode. First probably three or four episodes are probably going to be the majority of this trailer. So that's my suspicion. Um, and then the big question is, are Angstrom and Epzo just going to appear in episode two, or if they're going to be uh, reoccurring moving forward? That is a question. Oh man, the attention to detail here is really nice. Um, you know, I went back to look at that, that image uh, to find out if there was water with these blaster bolts, man, they look like they're in real space because they turn everything around them orange. That's awesome. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's not one of those things where, you know, you just see the flash of the bolt and, and there's nothing to make it look like it's in real space. This literally looks like it's turning the ground and everything around it orange as it travels through the air. That's cool. Yeah. The attention to detail there is really nice. Yeah. Again, Coming back to the, what they have been saying a lot, this is going to be a very cinematic-looking show. So, yeah, do you have any further thoughts on the uh, Series 11 trailer number two? It makes me even more excited to see what's going to happen this this series, just to be honest with you. Um, there's elements of it that, honestly, I wish that we could go back and see uh, redone in some shots in Classico, to be perfectly <laughs> honest. <laughs> Oh, oh my one thing that I will, the one thing that I did notice though, is uh, when you're looking at the image of the, uh, the asteroid field over on one side, you see a rainbow and uh, that is very classic who. Oh yeah. The, the, um, the uh, uh, lens flare, you get the, the, the rainbow at the yeah. edge of it. Yeah. It's especially the time frame between the fourth and seventh doctor. Yeah. yeah. They we're very active with lens flares um, in the eighties. Go figure. Um, <laughs> I was talking about the rainbow itself, but you know, oh, well, that too. Um, <laughs> I'm kidding. But um, one one thing uh, I do want to just tie into this trailer: uh, a quote from Jodie Whittaker about this season. She says, "Series eleven will be hopeful and fizzing with wonder," and I get that sense, you know, from watching this trailer. It has me excited. I'm I'm excited to see what we're gonna get. Um, and Radio Times has collected some some rumors of other things we could possibly see uh, in in this show in in this season. Um, one episode will be set in segregation era, era America and deal with the story of um, Rosa Parks, who uh, did not stand on the the bus. And then it also looks like we might be getting an episode in uh, 17th century and talking about the themes of witchcraft. With uh, King James the <laughs> First, perhaps, and apparently it, it looks like it will have a fairly even split between episodes set in the past, future, and present day Earth, and reportedly various storylines will be centering on the companion's hometown of Sheffield. We will see what we will see. It looks interesting, um, and I am actually excited. It, it looks a little whimsical and uh, very epic. So I'm, I'm intrigued. I'm very intrigued, and I'm very curious to see 
how things are all going to play out. The the shots that we're getting, the quotes we're getting from these trailers definitely have me excited. The ultimate test, though, will be to see if the writing holds up, because that has been, in my opinion, some of the downfall of certain episodes in the last several seasons. But uh, apparently, you know, Chibnall, one of the things he talked about was that they, they were trying a new writing style. They had a writer's room where they basically helped to plot out the whole series. So maybe maybe that'll help them in in that sense. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm just hoping that what we're seeing and our hopes for, for what it looks like we'll be getting uh, don't get undercut by, by disappointing writing. Well... Uh, and let's be honest, sometimes you don't even pick up on the fact that the writing is what it is until you go back and watch it a second or third time. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because you're so in the moment the first time you watch it that, you know, especially like with us, you know, we watch it, we come on here, we, we record our thoughts on the show, and we're we're going off completely fresh viewing, uh, you know, not having watched it multiple times most of the time, and... We go back and watch it a second time, and we're like, oh, instead of an eight and a half, I think I would have actually given that a seven or whatever, right, you know? Right. <laughs> right. But, I mean, it is what it is. And and there's a lot of, of episodes that I've gone back and watched a second or third time that the first time I watched it, I thought, well, I, I'd give that a six or whatever. I go back and watch it again, and I pick up on stuff I didn't pick up on the first time. And then I was like, well, actually, I'd give that about a seven and a half, you know? That kind of thing. Right. So it, it goes both ways. It does. Know. Well, there you go. Um, is there anything else, anything else that uh, brings to well, mind? Well, you won't, you won't let me spoil anything. No, I won't. So, you know. Um, <laughs> oh, oh, I, I do have one other thing that I think should be important for people to know. Um, <laughs> Marie Gold, who composed the music, the previous 10 seasons of Doctor Who, the, the entire run of the, the modern iteration of Doctor Who is not coming back. No. He has moved on to other things, and so we're getting a kind of a newcomer to the scene. A, a young man who... What's the award he was given? The BAFTA Breakthrough Brit 2017. His name is uh, Sagan Akinola. Sa- Sagan? Sagan Akinola? I'm not sure how to pronounce it. S-E-G-U-N A-K-I-N-O-L-A. He looks to be, you know, in his late 20s, early 30s, and he's going to be the new composer for Doctor Who. I heard that he had done some documentary music and things like that. Yeah. So if if he if he brings a more real world feel to the music, I think that that could enhance the show. We'll see. It's just going to be very interesting because we've had a, a consistent sound to the music for 10 seasons right. so far and now we're going to be potentially getting a completely new new sound everything over the last 10 seasons has been uh, very f- uh, fantasy feel mm-hmm. you know it's it's had a very ethereal i guess you'd say feel to it and so i'll, I'll be interested to see if he wants to keep that same tone or if he wants to mix it up and do something completely different but he will be giving us a new take obviously on the main theme which does not appear we will be getting in episode one no and a lot of people are angry about that I, well because they want to hear it now <laughs> my oh. theory on that is we won't get it at the beginning of the episode because the doctor won't remember who she is 
<laughs> so we'll probably get it at the end if I had to speculate. Well, it's also an artistic choice because if you think about this, if you think about this, if the episode starts with no sound at all and you just see the body falling and the first thing you hear is like the hit when it hits the ground. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then mm. it and then it doesn't have a break until you get say to the end of it when the, the new music kicks in at the end of the show. And maybe then you hear the right as <laughs> as the TARDIS materializes back at the very end and she, you know, grins at the camera and we go to credits. I think that would be interesting to see. Right? I really do. I, 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 I'm going to, you know, obviously reserve judgment until I see the episode. But I I think they're really going to be playing up on the fact that she doesn't remember who she is. And because she can't, that's why we're not going to have the theme at the beginning of the episode. I think that's I think that's the artistic creative choice that they're making with this. Well, sometimes um, it's almost like a wink to the audience, like a wink to the camera or something. When you get to that certain point at the beginning of the episode and like the doctor will like literally look into the camera or something just before you hear that, you know, right. almost, almost as if the doctor's saying, okay, trigger my music, you know? Right. <laughs> All right. Main title. <laughs> Coming at you. I remember a couple of shots where David Tennant would do that. You know, it was, he was, you know, pretty, he and uh, Matt Smith were pretty guilty of, of doing the, the almost wink and nod to the camera. <laughs> Not that I'm complaining because, you know, oh, um, I thought it was great. But yeah, no, they they, they were pretty active in the, uh, oh, the wink and nod mm. of the camera. What? Bringing up Matt Smith and David Tennant made me think of the 50th anniversary special. Uh-huh. And how the sonic screwdriver that the doctor has always carried, even though it looked different, was always the same sonic screwdriver on the inside. Uh-huh. The doctor has to fashion a brand new one from scratch it's not going to be the same sonic screwdriver anymore no it's not the fifth doctor had his sonic screwdriver destroyed okay and uh the sixth doctor and the seventh doctor didn't use sonic screwdrivers at all but you do see the sonic in in the the, the movie so yes well yes in the movie so yeah you, you i guess you get one back in the eighth doctor movie so you know at some point he rebuilt it right but yeah no there's there's an episode where um He's, he's captured, and um, he's pulled out the sonic screwdriver from his pocket and used it to try and escape, and he's been recaptured. And uh, they're like, um, what is that? He's like, what this? Oh, it's nothing. And then they shoot it out of his hand with a, with a laser, and it, you know, gets I all... I haven't seen that episode. Oh. Mm. And I'm going to have to go find it. Gets all <laughs> melted and charred, and it's it's definitely toast. And he looks down at it, and looks up and says, I feel like you've just killed a very dear friend. <laughs> or something to that effect. So that Sonic would then be the same one he's had since the seventh Doctor then? Yes. Yeah. The, because the seventh had at some point built a new Sonic between the last episode and the, the movie. Yeah. But yeah. So, so this would be a, a totally new Sonic for him. Her. And the way it's designed, the way the way it looks, it looks like it has a completely new power source almost. Like it it, it, it looks like it's completely new and, and not at all um, connected to the other the previous one. It so, sounds it also looks as if just going by the way they described the 
the eighth Doctor's Sonic that he had during uh, his run for Big Finish, it, it almost looks like that it's designed in a similar way to that one because they said that that had a green crystal in it. Okay. So, because it, it the, the, the look of it changed between the eighth Doctor movie and the big finish audios. And then after the big finish audios, it changed again to uh, the one that the war doctor carried. Right. So, well then, do you have anything else you want to talk about? I want the uh, Valyard to come back. <laughs> <laughs> of course you do. Of course you do. Oh my gosh. <sighs> I want the, not necessarily in this series, but I want the Valyard to come back during Jody's run. And I want it to be a previous incarnation of the Doctor. To, I want it to have the face of a previous incarnation. Oh. Oh, my. <laughs> that would be interesting. Because the Valyard should have re, uh, regenerations as well. So, you know, it have a different face now than what he has in the Sixth Doctor's run. That's true. That's true. Well, then, I think that's all I've got. For this episode this has been fun a little so, bit yeah we gotta do this more often we should we should <laughs> we will be getting back to a regular recording schedule <laughs> folks bear with us as we gear back up towards the beginning of series 11 but we will be getting back to a regular recording schedule and we will be releasing new episodes much more frequently than we have this past summer and fall and you know the last four months um so <laughs> yes we will uh, try not to do this every year, to be perfectly honest. Right. Uh, you know, right. it's kind of difficult during that 18-month hiatus. Yeah, there was that. <laughs> Obviously, uh, we're, we're going to be starting to pick things back up on our social media. So be sure to check us out on Facebook, facebook.com slash Talking Time Lords. Uh, we are at Talking Time Lord on Twitter because the S was one letter too long. <laughs> You can also email us at TalkingTimeLords at gmail.com. The website with all of our contact information, plus our previously released episodes, can be found at TalkingTimeLords.com. We do have a Patreon. We oh, just, that's right. We do. We just don't have any rewards on it at the moment. We, yeah, so. we are still working on building up the Patreon, get some rewards. So keep an eye out on our social media for that. And obviously, when we get everything up and running with rewards and stuff, we will let you know here on the show. Of course, if you want to go ahead and be a Patreon supporter, you can do that. You, you can, although <laughs> if I were you, I'd wait until we got <laughs> rewards because that's kind of the point. I'm, I'm just saying, you know. Just saying. <laughs> we, we won't balk at it. We'll put it that way. <laughs> we won't, but we would start to feel really bad if we're not, you know, providing something back in, in return like we're supposed to. Um <laughs> Oh. oh my goodness. <laughs> That's all I got. Shall we just wrap up this episode, Paul? Why not? All right. Well, we say she's in charge, so thank you, everyone, for listening to the return of Talking Time Lords. Uh, this has been episode number 85, a series 11 pre-show. For Paul, I'm Jason. And remember, until next time... May you hope far-flung hopes... And dream brilliant dreams. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, everyone. <laughs>